0: Welcome back to the Everybody Soccer Podcast. This is your host, Bill Reno. Stan Anderson returns this week to discuss Zach Steffen's move to Manchester City, if it was a good move for the youngster, Evan Bush's new contract, is his contract fair to him and Montreal, and USL versus the NCAA, and how close we are as a nation where top goalkeepers will consistently start skipping the college game altogether. Just for good measure, we briefly discussed Jay Demere at the back end, and Stan's history was one of the greatest center backs to ever play for the U.S., at least in my opinion, and at the beginning of the episode, Stan is letting his dog Keeper outside, and there wasn't a real great way to transition to the episode. So, just a small heads up there when you hear that. And with all that out of the way, here's the Everybody Soccer Podcast featuring this week's guest, Dan Anderson. It's too windy and too loud. Yeah, well, <laughs> you can't yeah. win them all, I guess. <laughs> no, no, I, uh, I'll still, I'll still get out there. But,
1: um,
0: uh, one second. Sure. let Sure, sure. There sure. <laughs> you go, girl. Keeper uh was starting to whine at. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. Anyway, but, uh, that's, uh, that's that, so. <laughs> well, good, good. Well, we'll go ahead and slide into it. Uh, obviously the the big news was Stefan there, of, of going overseas now, I, I think there's been the thing that I found interesting with the burhalter hire, it seemed like everyone was kind of in the same camp of, you know, a general location of. Well, we don't hate the guy, but maybe could have gotten that better hire. But like, we we want him to succeed. But it seems with Stefan that there's. I, I feel like I've seen every possible opinion on it. So, what, what, how do how do you how do you compute this? Like, what what are your thoughts on this?
1: On his on his transfer or on, yes. or on- Okay. You know, I, look, I think it's great. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. I think it's freaking awesome. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know where I could go on, on that in the superlatives, and, and I'll stay shy of the expletives. But <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, it's seven and a half, and if you achieve some, some, some feats and some accomplishments and some, some um, points of, uh, of productivity, then it could get to ten. Uh you know, uh, he's he's not going to play right away, I don't think. Uh, he, he's not even going to be – he's not even going to pass all the
0: necessary uh, – uh, he's not going to tick all the boxes of even uh, getting a work permit right away. So, sure, sure. Uh, I think he will eventually, but he hasn't yet. So he'll, he'll go on loan. And, and great, you know, great for him. Um, great for Pat Onstad. Great for Greg Burhalter, Great for Columbus Crew. And great for – Major League Soccer, and great for goalkeepers. Um, you know, I think more and more and more they're getting rewarded for some of these, uh, for, for their job, for their work. Uh, and it, you know, it seems like generally some, um, some pay is coming along with it. So I'm, I'm happier than a pig in you-know-what for, for Zach <laughs> Do Do you think this opens some doors in MLS for teams opting for a younger goalkeeper? I feel like I'm kind of on the fence. Of this I feel like we've seen some younger goalkeepers be successful this year, but I, I still get this sense of reluctancy from teams to trust any goalkeeper under twenty eight. I'm, I'm glad you use the word trust because that's what I think it is. I think I think the position is a massive trust position. Uh, it's it's
2: not it's not a position to just put somebody in and hope. Uh, it's not a position to go. I think he's going to do well. You know, it, it's it's day in and
1: day out. You know, you can say that for any position, but I'm sorry, uh, productivity wins for a striker. Um, you know, they may not trust the guy. In fact, some of them are some pretty some pretty outlandish dudes uh, and, and and women across the globe that score goals. But a goalkeeper is a massive trust position, and if you're if, you're, uh, if you've earned that trust at 20 years old, 23 years old, good on you. Uh, usually, it takes uh, quite a bit more, and as we'll probably get into get to it a little bit later, Evan Bush, it takes a while. Um, so, you know, I, I think that it, it. Who knows what it will do as far as what other teams will do, but in Zach's case, it was warranted. You could smell the fact that the guy was legit. Uh, coach Sean Phillips and I, coach uh, head coach at UIC, saw him you know, six years ago or whatever it is at this point <laughs> yeah. at the uh, showcase, and you could just walk by his field and go, and, and that doesn't happen for a goalkeeper at a showcase where you walk by his field and just went, damn, that guy, you know, and, and just doesn't happen much, but it did for him. So yeah. you know, I, I don't know, you know, that'll be that'll be
0: club dependent. Yeah. I I think that the last part there is a big factor and I think that's why Matt Turner got a got a kind of a head start there in New England. I do I do get the I think my favorite thing about Stefan's game is that there aren't any really dumb mistakes. Um, and that's you know easier said than done, I get it. But I think when you talk about that trust factor, it's less about how many goals can you save and more about how many Bad goals? Can you not allow? <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of a reversal of you're, you're expecting this twenty twenty one year old goalkeeper to have you know I don't know two to five errors in the year, depending on how good they are I guess. So with Stefan, you know, yes, there, there's some goals that he could do better on, but I, I think the reason why he earned that trust from the get go was, hey, he he maybe not, he maybe not is going to give you a, a great save every game, but he's definitely not going to throw one in the net for you. Huge and and, and look how, how goalkeepers are evaluated, um, in this country, in every country, is uh, at
1: times glorious and is time at times ridiculous. <laughs> um, you know that goalkeeper that that people will stay with that is a calamity, calamity, James. You know, okay, they'll, they'll stay with him, they'll give him a long leash, and they'll justify his mistakes and blah, 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 whether it be salary, whether it be length of contract, whether it be the manager was the one that signed him and wanted him and bought him, uh, recruited him, You know, whatever level you're at, all those things are, are uh, come into play. And the
2: goalkeeper that doesn't have some of those things, uh, he's on the last year of his contract,
1: he's younger, uh, he's older, or whatever, people are going to shorten that leash. And they,
2: they make one mistake and they go, yes, he's, he's too old. Yeah, see, he's too young. Yeah,
1: you know, people people <laughs> uh, need an advocate. They're going to believe in somebody, and City has chosen to believe in Zach Steffen,
0: and the U.S. has chosen to believe in Greg Berhalter, and those leashes are now going to be longer for those guys. Yeah. Well, and with Steffen going overseas, you know, let's say the worst case scenario is that City. The worst case realistic scenario that I can think of is that. Maybe he has an okay year, doesn't do great, doesn't do awful. I can't see him going overseas and just completely bombing. Even when he was in Germany, he was doing fine. Um, And so Man City say, hey, we're going to move on from you. Well, you know, it's like the classic case of you go overseas, you're in front of so many eyes, someone's going to pick you up. So, you know, if if City moves on from him, fine. You know, he's going to be with a decent club soon enough, whether that's the club he gets loaned out to or another one. So in that sense... Yeah, I, it, it seems like he, he's really set up to succeed here. I think, I think he's going to, you know, according to my guy who better start following me again, <laughs> Dr. By Ives, so by Ives, if you listen to this podcast,
2: um, you better, uh, start following me again because he and I had a nice exchange years ago when, uh, uh, Bushy and Bingham were yeah, yeah. the guys in, uh, and I believe it was San Jose at the time, um, Anyway, you know, what he he believes, and and I would imagine is pretty accurate, is that, you know, he's going to head to La Liga side. Uh, I think he mentioned Girona. And then also you got Thierry Henry, who's in that uh, that, um, NYC, FC, Man City, uh,
1: (laughs) global approach to running the world. And uh, so, you know, maybe he ends up with uh, Henry. You know, who knows? But, yeah. At the end of the day, yeah, I don't I don't see him supplanting Ederson and in time, maybe, and I hope so, because you know, I I like to see him do as well as Casey did and Friedel did and Hahnemann to a degree and uh Pestrowski over in Sweden and you know these guys playing overseas that um,
2: are doing well, you know, and, and you know obviously Casey in my opinion was the leader of that pack. But I'd like to see, uh, I'd like to
1: see him, you know, do well, get enough, uh, enough of a, a contract, for two or three, to set himself up for life, and and you know, do well in the process. And who wouldn't want to wish
0: somebody that type of success? Right, right, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Well, staying stateside here, and you kind of referenced a little bit earlier. We'll, let's let's hop over to Montreal with Evan Bush, and uh, you know, I I thought he had a really good year this year, and, and I say that I feel like that's what about everyone says. I'd say he probably as far as just a performance this year, he was around the top 5 goalkeeper. Like I I, I was really impressed with he had done. I feel like in some past years, you know, he didn't sink any of his any of the games, but you know, he was just kind of kind of hovering around average, but I feel like this year he did really well, which is always kind of fun to see that that turn there. Um yeah. and he was rewarded with a 1 million over 3 year contract, which I I went at first it sounded a little high to me, but then I went back and looked and I think that puts him around 12th uh, is what I had stumbled on as far as goalkeeping salaries in the league, um, which, you know, is it, interesting. I, I feel like that's probably about right. If not, you could probably even go a little higher with it. Um, but I, I was curious of the – it's it, again, it's, I feel like this goes to the point of earning that trust. It seems like Montreal has kind of doubled down and said, hey, you've kind of proven your worth here. We're gonna reward you for you know, not only for last year, but of everything leading up to this point. Yeah. Um
1: and look what he what he was making in the
0: league in, in twelve, yeah. He's obviously <laughs> continued to bet on himself. And um you know, he's making forty four in two thousand twelve and then he puts in a you know, a, a good three years and doubles his salary at that point, between fourteen and fifteen. And he's gotta feel like a a million bucks, even though it wasn't a million bucks, but he's got to feel like a million bucks, and, <laughs> yeah. and that you know belief to double his salary between 2014 and 2015. Um, you know, as far as Montreal and him, I, I don't think you want to be on the most saves list, right? Uh, you know, I, I don't think you, you know if you're in a, a room full of MLS goalkeepers and that, and, the, and uh, the Don says all right, who led the league in most saves this year? I I don't think it's like you put your hand up high. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, you you kind of put it up and look around at everybody else. But if you
1: are asked by the Don, who led the league in in goals against average this year? You know, people are putting their hand up to go,
2: yeah, well, how many games did you play? Yeah, They're fighting fighting for that staff. But, you know, you fast forward a few years, and now he's doubled his salary again. And I certainly want to double it
0: between 18 and 19, Versus between fourteen and fifteen because he went from forty eight eight two five to a hundred thousand. You've done you've done your research <laughs> here. <laughs> he has gone from one hundred
1: fifty two nine two five to at a minimum three thirty three. So by my math, which isn't great, but and I, that's why I trust my wife in, in every other uh, financial aspect in our household. Right, right. So by my math, he's over doubled his salary in 2019, two thousand nineteen, twenty, and twenty one so compared to 2018 and you know for me I'm again I've met Evan Bush once Evan wouldn't remember me but I met him through a good friend John Dorn and uh, he's had a Chicago uh, cup of coffee as well I think through the PDL uh, he, he's obviously done well he's not uh, 6'4 or 6'9 or 7'2 uh,
2: which means that most people have probably taken a pass on Evan Bush in their in
1: their time and that you know, ticks me off as well because I think if you're if you're good enough, you're good enough. Not tall enough, and um, he's good enough, and he's proven to
2: be good enough. And you know, for guys like him and John Bush, uh, Ramondo,
1: and and uh, you could go on in the in the world's game as well uh, in Europe, et cetera. And at the end of the day, I um, think novice is is all that big, but I'm happy for him. Um, you know, it's good. It's good money. It's proper money for a professional number
2: one there's 20 some jobs that the number ones have in, in this league and he's being rewarded with that type of wage you know he's got an increase every year since he entered the
1: league and this is you know uh, maybe not the end for me that either he could have another contract after 21 they could see this jump to five and um or 500 and good for him Yeah. You know, i I think he's earned it. I think he's a cerebral goalkeeper who's not just a shot stopper and, uh, you know,
0: stable, steady, and, and they like him out in Montreal or up in Montreal. I don't know if he wears, uh, if he's got uh, heated gloves <laughs> from uh, Aviata. I think it's Aviata, but um, yeah. maybe Aviata should look into some heated gloves. But I, there, yeah.
1: I, I, I like
0: Evan Bush. Yeah, yeah. Well, you uh, yeah. It's interesting that of the twenty plus spots that they keep going here of starting spots or, or of needed starting goalkeepers, it feels like there's about fifteen or so goalkeepers in the league that are really trusted. And so, obviously, that's less than the number you would want it to be more than the number of starting teams um, or number of starting spots. But it feels like there's around fifteen, if that. Um, so, I guess I'm curious of what do you what do you think is the reason for you know, and, and to add to that point, our Western Conference final featured Tim Malia and Jeff Atenel, who's been, you know, very historically passed over a number of times. Yes. Um, and then Bush is another great example of you know how many between those three goalkeepers, how many people have told them no? I mean it's it's probably over a hundred, to be honest. It's it's a yeah. lot. <laughs> so um, why why is the league struggling to find twenty plus thirty Thirty trusted goalkeepers. Why? Why is there that gap there? Boy, that's a that's a great question, and
2: I think it's um, and I'm I'm sure
1: silently or publicly people will rip me for this, but it's an uneducated way to look at the position. Is what people do when they make a decision about a goalkeeper. You know, yeah. um, there are really good friends of mine in the league. And, uh, sometimes there's good, healthy discussion regarding goalkeepers. Sometimes I'm, I look and I go, holy cow, you know, what, what, why, what, what are you saying? <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I'm just perplexed beyond belief. Um, but you know, it's easy to coach someone else's team is what I always joke yeah. myself with. That's my uh, lovely dog. <laughs> That's um, right. You know, that it's it's easy to coach someone else's team. And, and, and all I, know, I, don't, I don't have all the answers. So maybe uh, maybe they do, you know, in some, in some regards. So I, I, I think that there's a couple of things. The goalkeeper themselves have got to be somebody that is reliable, durable, brave, good body language, can be coachable. Those things are huge. And if you're not that, you're going to get looked over. But if you're that and you combine it with a timely save, again, Coach Sean Phillips and I talk about that quite a bit, the timeliness of a save is huge. You know, it's 1-0 up. You're up 1-0. It's 89th minute, 80th minute, whatever, late in the game. You make a huge save. That's great. Yeah. You know, 1-0 just before the half. You make a huge save. Fantastic. Those are also some things that are looked at. but. The physical aspects, there are goalkeepers out there that are good enough. And there are goalkeepers across college soccer that are good enough. And some of them come from smaller schools, like Eric Klonofsky. I don't know if, if Eric got a really good chance here. know, and maybe some of that's on Eric. I don't know. But I don't think he got a full chance uh, here in the States. And he's a good goalkeeper. Yeah. And he ticks a lot of the boxes. But you know, once somebody
2: has somebody of, of stature has an opinion on somebody, it's um, it can sometimes linger and last and, and stink and yeah. and sting. And the other part of it is true as well. Somebody you know that has a, a good feeling about somebody
1: that can also carry a lot of weight and carry you a long, long way. And um, so you know that's why I'm generally positive about goalkeepers and you know their their future and going forward I don't think that managers I'm probably answering the question really long
0: for you Mr Reno but I don't think managers look at it any other way than oh that's a great save all right put him in yeah yeah (laughs) it's like dude what are are you are you kidding me There, there was there hasn't been a word said in the first 70 minutes of this trial he hasn't organized or she hasn't organized one
1: play she, they haven't thought about their back post when a serve has come and yep. their angle play has been atrocious but you know they see them dive once and it's glorious and they love it and they go yep that's my guy and you know that it happens enough I, okay you know here, here's another point uh, Stan you're full of crap you know people listening right, right now you're <laughs> full of crap okay I'm full of crap well I had two goalkeepers that I thought were pro, and I was asked by a pro team to send me the the resumes of those two goalkeepers.
0: And the response I got was from the pro team: "Send me the tall one." Well, yep. the tall one played um, I don't know, fifteen to twenty percent of our games, and the other one played uh, seventy or eighty to eighty-five percent of our games. And both of them met pro caliber, but that was the response from a pro team. Yeah, one sentence. Send me the tall. One. <laughs> send me the so, tall one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, I, you know, I going back to the idea of stats, uh, the ones that you the goalkeepers themselves wouldn't be proud of and the saves one, I feel like the public's kind of catching up to it. And I feel like we first really saw it over the Belgian game in the 2014 World Cup, when people were like, well, that's great that Howard did that, but he shouldn't really be in a position to be getting, like, that's not, I mean, we want him to make those saves, but he shouldn't be having to make that many saves. I think another stat that, Really kind of throws me off a little bit is consecutive games played because yeah. it, it's a nice one that kind of Iron Man streak is a really fun one to kind of follow and see. Oh wow, they've they've played that many games in a row. That's great. And Evan Bush, he was one of like six or seven players this year to play every minute for his team, and that you know that obviously that is an accomplishment. It's a good job. But I think what is happening there is that the club is kind of silently saying, "Hey, we don't really have a." A trusted second string, and so we're gonna we're gonna put all our eggs in this guy's basket here, and he did a good job, and you know he's been re- re- rewarded rightfully. But I think I think Red Bulls is a good example of that Ryan Muir is coming up, he's got gotten a little buzz. He's he did well in his rookie season, gets hurt unfortunately, but now they've had him at this point where I don't I don't think they have the sense that they really trust the guy. I don't I don't think they think he's gonna tank a, t- a game. But because he's been sitting, because he's been sitting, and robust who's done fine in goal, he's done a good job, has had this big streak of games. Now Mira's at this odd middle point of well, I don't think he's really earned the trust as the starter. So whenever robust steps out, I would be really surprised if Mira steps in. I I, yeah. I, I don't think that's the direction they're going to go. So if that's the right. case, you know why why not, you know either either invest in mirror a little bit more here and people will point to the USL team and you know, that's not the worst competition, but like it, playing USL is very different than playing MLS, but that's not quite the same parallel there, but that I don't think he's gotten that trust there. So either invest in mirror a little bit more or send him out and then hold on to a younger guy and then invest in that guy. So they've got Evan Loro there, the Michigan kid. Um, and he, yeah. he's a, he's a good goalkeeper. He's doing well, good things really well. Um, but it, it's kind of an odd thing from the team to, you, once a goalkeeper gets to trust, they put everything into them and they don't think about kind of that next step. And so teams that get injuries, it's a kind of always a roll of the dice of, is this goalkeeper going to do well or not? Because we don't know when we hope he does and, you, and everything in the press will say something positive, of course, but really they don't know because he hasn't been trusted there. Such a uh, an,
1: an odd thing to me that you know. Hey, I don't know if a goalkeeper should get the credit for a win. Like yeah. A pitcher gets credit <laughs> for a win right. and a loss. Um, you know, a quarterback in the NFL. I don't know if they're really considered the winning quarterback if they get the win. I don't think that necessarily happens. The point guard in basketball doesn't get the win. Um, you know, I, but it, it's like well, every time we play and we lose. You know, and we're training or whatever. It's like. You know, really, do we, think, do we think that back lines are playing uh, grossly different when yeah. I understand that there may be a difference, I get it, okay, I'm not
2: naive, but that difference that you put a goalkeeper in and now all of a sudden it, it, the, 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 the team has gone to hell
1: in a handbasket? I've seen that happen in Chicago years and years ago, but it was over time. It was over half a season. So, you know, guys that are near and dear to my heart, the, the Putnas and Lyons, and Eric Dick, McLean, bersano I could go on, that I'd like to see them uh, nick a game here, nick a game there. You know, these type of things. Charlie had a, a half against Borussia um, and, and played well. Um, you know, having those guys get a game here and there, it, 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 it's valuable on so, so, so many levels. And it gives you an indication. But the mental strain on them is so significant. When you're the number one and you feel like you're the number one, you feel like you own the world. And when you're the number two and you know you're the number two, you're scratching and clawing for everything. And when those guys play one game, they feel like they are being being magnetized to a a level of heat on their head that's going to cause their hair to go on fire. (laughs) And... And, and it's and it can, can sometimes be too much for somebody, but that's that's the, the that's what the what some teams create by starting somebody. And I'm not talking college. You have redshirt situations in college. Sure. you get different things in college. I'm talking about the pro level. At the end of the day, you you uh, you play somebody for 15 games. And then all of a sudden you make this huge deal out of playing somebody the 16th game when there's no injury or anything, it's a short rest, or you want to give them a rest, whatever the case may be. You know, all of a sudden you make this huge deal out of it instead of, you know, okay, hey, this is this uh, this is this is it, let's get after it. We're going to play this week with uh, goalkeeper B, and off we go. You know, they're going to feel a heck of a lot better. Uh, they just
0: want to feel part of the team. But, it, again, it goes to the, the culture of selection. Yeah well i I think you've presented it really well that you know there's a middle ground you want so you don't want the extreme where there's not really a number one and two and then you just you just have two goalkeepers and no one really knows where they stand you don't want that instability but you don't want the other extreme of the number two realizes I I'm basically number three I can't even there's no there's no chance of me moving up and so you right. you ideally want that middle ground of hey like this guy's our starter we want to get two games Second string goalkeeper. We want to get you involved, but do you know that like we're going to invest in this guy? But um, yeah, it, it, you know, t- Tim Kelly. I love Tim Kelly out of St. Louis. I think he's one of the best in the country, any level. Um, he's phenomenal, and uh, I'd love to have you have him on sometime. I, I already uh, have. Already him. have. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sure. yeah, <you> got him. <laughs> um, I love. I love the dude. Um, he told
1: me years ago, and I I, I love it because I'm taking a lot of things from Tim, whether he knows it or not. You know, one of the things is, you know, every serve I take is one less serve than the goalkeeper takes. So goalkeepers serve most all the yeah. time when I'm, when I'm coaching. Uh, another thing is that if you're the number three, your job is to be liked. Your, your job is to make sure that you can carry on uh, and hold on to a, a training session yeah. and not to go in there and be a, a disruptive
2: um, uh, segment of the team yeah. and, you know, so that for for the number three, it's a different role. It's a hard role. You're not dressing. You're sitting up in the skybox. Um, you know, you're not probably not traveling. You know, all these type of things, and you're you're trying to maintain and increase your skill set when you have very very little to ever hang on. You know, a goalkeeper goes down with this or that injury. Number two is
1: going in, and you don't even know if the number three is going to be the number two because sometimes uh, we're going to
0: look to bring somebody in. Um, It's it's a tough place to be as a number three. Yeah. Well, I the you set me up for a perfect transition here. So (laughs) you most number threes are getting time in the USL. That's kind of their um, yeah, and it's kind of an interesting playground there because they've kind of been set out almost like hey, here's kind of some it's it's a very almost a chaotic environment of (laughs) the teams are playing the style. That teams, you know what they're playing because they've got moving pieces as well. So, um, I, I there's some parts that I really like and some parts I don't care about. But I'm I don't even know how many teams USL is rolling with this next year. But I, I'm curious of yeah, clearly clearly the the angle of it is to entice the top level players that would that would be going to college to skip that and go into USL. That's kind of the end goal with it. And I don't think we're there yet, but with goalkeepers specifically, I guess I'm curious of how, how close do you think we are with having that league getting those premier college kids, but them also getting their time's worth or they getting their money's worth of being there. Quick answer, light years away. Um, that's the, that's the quick answer depending <laughs> on, depending on a kids' academics. Yeah. Um, you know, if a, if a,
1: if a kid is is um, ticks all these boxes, mysterious boxes that we're talking about, <laughs> yeah. um, but he's got a you know a one eight in high school, and you know the, the the massive schools aren't knocking on his door. You know the national team has him in, but you know that player may uh, he's been in a you know a, a pool here or there um, or a mainstay, you know whatever. Maybe maybe he goes on a a fair contract you know at at 44 like Evan did in 12 yeah um maybe okay but Zach Steffen had every opportunity to go straight away somewhere and he chose to go to college Brad Gazan had you know every opportunity to go somewhere and he chose to go to college for a short period of time if there's a position that says you should go to college dude it's goalkeeper And, uh, it's a young man's game for the 10 men in front of you, except maybe your central defenders, but otherwise it's a young man's game, young woman's game at the end of the day for a goalkeeper. look, I I don't think you're necessarily going to get something better today. Today in the USL, um, or whatever, you know, the the USL two and and all the other things that are coming up here, then you are going to get in college. Um, where you make it all the games, if you're good enough, obviously, uh, your scholarship is good enough, if you want to equate that to your pay, then I think you go to college. And I've talked with MLS
2: general managers and, and many of them agree. Um, I think it'll
1: change over time, but it's not college soccer's fault with you know, all these Euro snobs that are out here <laughs> that want to complain about this goalkeeper or that goalkeeper or this field player or that field player. Look, at the end of the day, it's MLS's job to either create an environment where you are, are, are uh, going to pay enough or you're going to house kids under homegrown. You're going to sign them and pay them well enough so they don't go to college at 18 years old. So for me, it's, it's college soccer has all the infrastructure in the world to provide a, a quality environment. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay. Length of season just in and of itself. 10 second countdown. That's probably the bigger one. Even. Um, <laughs> on, on, the, on the clock. Uh, some some schools that have the clock count backwards. That's another one. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, there's also phenomenal facilities. There, if and for a goalkeeper, it's important anyway. Strength and conditioning. If strength and conditioning is important, then. That's there for you. Nutrition, academics, degree—I could go on. If the USL is going to sign whoever and put that as part of their contract, then great. You know, I, I look uh, for me—Georgia um, Mahalovich and Cam Lindley and Mowdy, three good guys, three guys that I really, really like. Yeah. And uh, and even Colin Fernandez, you know, out of the fire. Larry Sunderland did a great job there with uh, with all those guys, and they all went different routes. And um you know, different routes in the sense that I think Maudi's gonna finish his four years. Cam got out in two and Georgie didn't go. That was just North Carolina. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um and Georgie's playing and unfortunately did his knee on the final game of the year. Um and then uh didn't play did play this season towards the end. Uh had a cracker of a goal actually. And Maudi will probably be a pro and Cam is a pro in Orlando. And um so, you know, it's it, it's unique, but the the job is for it. College Shocker isn't bidding on these kids. They're not raising their nine point nine scholarships or fourteen if you're on the girls' side and saying, Okay, to get to this player out of this club, we're gonna offer them we're gonna try to increase us to ten point nine scholarships, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, increase the salary cap or any of these sort of things. They offer what they can offer. And you know the at the at the uh, USL level at the MLS level um, I, I think that the 2005 the through to 2015 window was such a huge window for us in this country stadiums uh, the the league boomed um, player signings uh, salaries increasing that
0: you know there there is enough I think there to warrant a 17 year old having to make a a a relatively easier decision to go pro or go to college. Yeah, But it's, it's the pro game, that, and, and USL is part of that pro game, that has to do that job and do that job better. Well, yeah, so I think you're hitting on a lot of points there. I agree with – we may disagree with this. Tell me what you think about this. But I, for me, I feel like most kids going into college, not all of them, but most kids going to college realize that the program isn't a – it isn't the ideal professional route, but at the very least, they'll be taken care of. And they get they, they see that how well the program is set up, how much the funding the school puts into the program. Maybe that program, I don't want to name them by name, but maybe they don't translate college kids to the pro game. But they know going into it, hey, I'm going to get an education. I'm going to be taken care of. And then when they look at the reverse and they see what the program has to offer, yeah, you're going to get a salary and you get the prestige of being a pro. But... You look across and see, oh, well, you know, this USL team, like, they they don't move anyone up. You know, they don't have any connection up, or if they do have a parent MLS team, maybe they don't even have a goalkeeper coach at this USL team because, you know, they... So, you know, for me, it's it still feels like it's kind of a default of, well, the college game is going to take care of me better versus the pro game, and that seems like it's just going to be money that's going to fix that, but... It it does you know, feel it, like this... It will be it will be money that will that will fix that, and and no one should apologize for that. Um,
1: you know, if I if I had a uh, a son at seventeen years old, and let's use uh, this Girona team in La Liga that is possibly a destination for Zach Stefan. If my son at, at fifteen, all of a sudden at seventeen is courted by Girona for. X amount of dollars that makes me makes it realistic, sure. um, to give up for perhaps an education because I'm not going to apologize that our country uh, bases a lot on education. It, it's it, it's okay. Uh, look, how many foreigners want to come to the U.S. to play soccer and get an education? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Yet it seems like those people are the ones that want to rip on our education system. So give me a break. At the end of the day, <laughs> if if my son and, and that club wants to um, put in a, a, a proper amount, what have you, then okay, my son can go to school at another time. But if it's unrealistic and it's and it's uh, ridiculous, then absolutely not going to pass on it. You know, there are I can go from back to the late '90s to the to the current place with Tony Sankey and Jay Merritt at UIC and Clint Dempsey at Furman and Casey Keller at Portland and Brad Friedel at UCLA and Chris Mueller at Madison. Um, You know, these guys went anywhere from one, two, three, four years. Uh, Those guys are generally household names. Um, Cam Lindley, uh, Andrew Goopman this year will probably do a fantastic job at the next level. And he's going to be a four-year college player. Um, And the fire have had every opportunity to go forward with someone like that. So until that infrastructure is legit, then everybody's going to hem and haw and
0: and make a decision to go in one direction or the other. Yeah, well, it has been interesting. It seems like they're first flushing out the like the academy and residency angles before they get to USL, which has been kind of interesting for me. Of, I guess it makes sense that you want to graduate some someone from your academy, but unless he's just a top top player at eighteen, he's still not going to see your your, your MLS team for a while. So, I um, yeah, I. Yeah, it's going to take more money um, for no, Phil. I think so. Look, Drew Connor's a very, very good player.
2: Drew Connor, I, I, I've spent time with in the academy, spent time with in college, and spent
1: time with as a pro. And I, I think Drew Connor's a good player. And um, he's an American player. And I, sometimes that's going to hurt him, and sometimes that's going to help him. But at the end of the day, I think he's a good player. It doesn't matter. He's a soccer player, and he's a good soccer player. But I don't think it hurt him that he went to college for four years. I don't think he was ready to be a pro at seventeen eighteen. Uh so I think he had a fantastic experience playing college soccer in Wisconsin under Trask and D uh and uh, Ian at the time, uh, that you know, it worked out it worked out well for him. And, you know, he was just released by the fire and I think he'll find a place somewhere. But, you know, I don't think I don't think a guy like Drew Connor would look back, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe Drew. Hopefully, re- we'll reply on Twitter when this goes when this goes <laughs> public. That you know, I don't think he would he would have um, uh, chosen to go to St. Louis, which I think was the affiliate at the time, yeah, and
2: play for uh, St. Louis FC for
1: four years, and then you know possibly go on to Chicago versus going to Madison. And now maybe, you know, again, maybe some people are are, going to look at me and roll their eyes and say I'm an ass. But, you know, look, I've
2: lived that life for 22 years, knowing what the college game provides. And the reality is is that if you're a good team, you could play 30-plus games a year. It's just a matter of how how well you do and how well you schedule the spring. Are they ideal as far as how they're rolled out? No, by no means. Okay, but games
0: wise, that's just as many as a uh, as a pro team's going to play, depending on Concacaf, depending you know on the on Ch- Ch- Champions League, is what I mean, uh, depending on some other you know cup games that they may be involved in. But that's uh, that's the reality. Yeah. So well, you know, you, you've got PDL ball in the summer as well to, to tack on to that, but uh, which, yeah, which is another ridiculous schedule. I, I yeah, like yeah. PDL. <laughs> I, I like the, the high level players play there, but. Playing a game every 14 hours doesn't, doesn't do a whole lot Yeah, of good. <laughs> not an ideal setup. rewinding a little bit ago, I put so I went to the US Hall of Fame. It's out in Frisco here, which is about 45 minutes from me. So I went out there a couple weeks ago. And when you went in there, you could you could design your um, you know your ideal starting eleven of US <laughs> soccer players. You could do one for the men, one for the women. And I put Jay Demerit on my men's team. And I got a little flack for that. And I just thought, like, first of all, like, I don't know, I don't know if we've, like, within, like, Hall of Fame players or even just, like, retired U.S. national players, I don't know if there's, like, a center back that was just immensely better than Jay Demerit that, like, I overlooked. So there's that. But then also, like, you know, if there's one guy that has, you know, what was, like, the big complaint of the last cycle? was, like, well, the guys didn't care. You know, they, they didn't put in the, the, like, right amount of effort. You can never say you can never say that about Demir. I mean, like, he's like the poster child of that. You know, I just thought that was kind of hot thing. was like, Man, this kind of a bummer I'm getting flack for Jay Demerit of all people. <laughs> I can give you
1: do we have time for me to give you a funny story about Jay?
0: Yeah, yeah, let's hear it. We'll end on it.
1: So Jay comes out of Green Bay, coached at UWM at the time, and he's trying to get himself latched on to a school. And guy I used to coach with and um, I we chose to not go forward with Jaden Merritt and he and I talk about this you know at, at least exchange often enough about it that uh, he's well aware that I said no and 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 uh, it was one of the biggest mistakes, recruiting mistakes I'll outstanding because you know, Chris Mueller as well. Chris Mueller never had one cup of coffee with any sort of uh, he was the number six pick and the number two rookie of the year and he was never on any sort of a of a, um, uh, a youth national team radar not even a, like a call up to one of the, the regional events that they have um, and Jaden Merritt was the same thing phenomenal athlete but a very cerebral soccer player and you're 100 percent right in putting him in as as a central defender for for your team. I I think the guy is as class as they come, and he's still leading young men young men and women today in his leadership academy. So I I think that's a great choice.
0: Yeah. Thank you. That's that's exactly what I wanted to hear. <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: Legit yeah. choice. And Casey Keller would be your number one goalkeeper. Uh, I want I want with Friedel actually. <laughs> okay. No, we're we're, we're still friends. Okay, all right, all right.